to the Mom Powerment Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids, even when they're experiencing their most challenging behaviors. I'm your host, Dr. Karin Jakabowski, an international speaker, public school principal, and former struggling student. The Mom Powerment Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome. I had Dr. Borba on a previous episode talk about her new book, Thrivers, which I absolutely love. And if you haven't read or heard of her book called Unselfie, How to Get Kids to Live with Empathy in an All About Me World, it is a total must read. Okay, so Dr. Borba was so kind enough to come talk to my staff via Zoom earlier this year. I was so excited. And we invited the staff from two other schools to join us. It was so cool. People were asking for access to the recording, so we decided to share it with you here on this podcast. We've divided the episode into two parts. This is part one. Enjoy. Dr. Borba is an internationally renowned educational psychologist and an expert in parenting, bullying, and character development. She's spoken to over 1 million participants in five continents and is known for her TED Talk entitled Empathy is a Verb. Next month, she's speaking at the Global Leadership Summit with other experts from around the world. She's the author of 24 books, including Unselfie, Why Empathetic Kids Succeed in Our All About Me World, which Dr. Grundy, our director of elementary schools, bought this for our school counselors several years ago. When my school counselor shared it with me and I read it, we bought it for the entire staff. I was like, this is the best ever. And I kept copies on hand so that when parents came in throughout the year, I was like, you got to read this. Even if there's one takeaway you take, it is so worth it. And then when I found out that she was launching another book, I called her up and I'm so excited that she's here on our call today. So her next book comes out March 2nd called Thrivers, The Surprising Reasons Why Some Kids Struggle and Others Shine. It includes seven teachable skills that set happy, healthy, high-performing kids apart. Dr. Borba organized the book in three parts to focus on strengths by category, nurturing heart, developing mind, and cultivating will. Each chapter defines a character strength explains the cultural forces that make it necessary to develop and offers actionable strategies for how to teach it. Dr. Borba shares historical and contemporary stories of the strengths in action, brings in key research and scientific findings, and offers real stories from children talking about their personal challenges. There is an assessment guide to determine a child's superpower and areas that need development, and each chapter includes age-appropriate activities, such as games to play, crafts to make, books to read, and movies to watch together, and topics to discuss, offering quick reference resources to reinforce each character's strength as the child grows from preschool to high school. So please join me in welcoming Dr. Borba. Thank you so much, Dr. Borba. I am beyond excited that you are joining us on this call today. I'm beyond excited to talk to real life people. This has been, I know, an interesting time for us all. And thank you for listening. Um, I just wanted to share with you just possibilities of what I'm seeing across the world, actually. I've been speaking with not only United States and kids, but also uh, the Philippines, Dubai, Hong Kong. Everyone's struggling and everyone's wondering, what do we do? So I just want to bring to the plate only my own background. I started as a special education teacher way back when, and I think I learned more there than any place else. 
And then what happened is right before the pandemic hit, something interesting began well, is that I began to see some very, very troubling trends about our kids, not yours, but the neighbors next door. And that is we were seeing some unprecedented numbers in American children. And that is we've never seen, this is CDC, American Psychological Association, AMA, stress levels that had gone up, loneliness that was skyrocketing, empathy that was nosediving, creativity, Faster than any other country in the world, our kids were going out. Now, they were also very smart, very well-educated. That's we're doing one heck of a job. They're very well-loved, but something else was amiss. Uh, The second thing I did was to start to interviewing kids. I I swear, if you really want to know what's going on, do some focus groups with your students, get a diverse group of kids, and just ask them, what are your friends feeling? And what they began to tell me was extremely concerning. We are the most stressed out generation, you know, every kid said. My next question was why? And one kid nailed it. He said, I think we're being raised kind of like products, more about what matters to our parents is our test scores and our GPA, but we're missing the human stuff on how to be a real life person. Well, that just kind of hit me with, oh gosh, that sums up the why you're running on empty, then the pandemic hit. So let's put this all together. I think if there's any silver lining, if there's possibilities of all the horrors we've been going through, it's for us to really rethink as a group of educators and parents, what does this generation going to really need in order to thrive? It's not just the pandemic. We know this is the first generation that even prior to this was being raised on active shooting drills because school shootings were so rampant. I live in California. Fire evacuation zones were coming up over and over again. It's uncertain. But I think what we need to do is do a kind of a different skill set. Relax. I'm not saying stop doing what you're already doing, which is teaching. But I think if we weave in a little bit different set, we're going to make a difference. And how this all came to be was very interesting. I started at the University of California, Davis. That woman over there in that picture is named Emmy Warner. I think she's the godsend. Because she had the same question every teacher has always asked. How come some kids struggle and some kids shine despite adversity? We can't bubble wrap them. But somehow some kids are making it through the challenge and they still got it. We got it kind of an attitude. So what she did was study about 700 kids that were all growing up on the island of Kauai. And she studied them for 40 to 50 years. She studied the same groups. This is called the longitudinal study. Now, she knew that a large portion of those kids were growing up with very, very adverse situations from poverty to sexual abuse to schizophrenic parents to horrors of horrors. But she said the most amazing thing is by teens, about a third of them were growing up to be competent, caring and compassionate despite it all. She called them invincible despite their being vulnerable. And she began to see that resilience is not an inborn trait. Resilient kids are made, not born. It's not a process. It's an ongoing process, excuse me, but it's not a program. And one of the things that I think parents think about is hiring another tutor or just doing some parents are actually curating adversity so their kids get overthrew. But Emmy Warner said there was really two things that mattered most. And here's your takeaway, number one. And then from this moment on, say, which of these am I already doing? Which of these do my kids need in order to be a more thriving kid that handles school as well as life. 
number one, she said, these kids have prior to the adversity, protective buffers. They've learned some skills. They have a different skill set besides just knowledge. The skill set helps them. The second thing she said that was the most highly correlated is they have a you in their life. Somebody who's a caring champion who refuses to give up on on that child, you have empathy and it reaps to the child. The fascinating thing is that teachers are the, beside the parent, the highest correlation of what helps kids get through adversity. So first, let's get a new skill set. Second of all, let's realize the kids prior to the pandemic weren't doing so well. They were lonelier, they were more anxious, they were less creative, and they were less empathetic. And then comes a crisis. But a crisis only amplifies a pre-existing issue. I'm saying all this because before you want to change, you've got to have a strong why. Why should we bother? And so the next thing is, what should we do? Now, I'm going to give you a a list of these, but I, I spent the next, really, 40 years trying to come up with this. I looked at not just Emmy Werner, but there was a number of very fascinating longitudinal studies being done on the field of resilience. And then what I did was take all the skill sets and say, okay, so which traits matter most? Which traits? And what I began to see is that seven really mattered. Seven from birth till death, seven that are teachable, seven that are highly correlated to resilience, but let's get honest here. We don't have just time to teach resilience. What I discovered is that these same seven traits, according to science, are also highly correlated to helping kids in the classroom, and each one's made up of about three skills. So what I just want you to do is look at how we can weave these in, and then you'll get a a list of these. They're all part of a book that's coming out called Thrivers, uh, March 2nd. But in the end, I think we educators need to get on board because some of these things you're already doing in an SEL program. Some of these you may be doing in Socratic dialogue. So the ask for you is which ones are you missing? Or most importantly, which ones do your kids need? I'm going to take three today that I think are the most highly correlated to what kids need to get through a pandemic. And that is empathy, self-control, and optimism. Because those are the three that the CDC says are tanking the quickest with our children. And that's why they are disengaged. They're having more and more problems in a classroom. The CDC says our younger kids are far more fearful than they were before the pandemic. Our elementary kids are a little more stressed. Our middle school kids are a little more anxious. And we have never seen, this is two months ago, more of our teens going to the ER visits for suicidal behavior patterns unprecedented than any other time. Those three can help. What we're also going to do is not just do this ourselves. We're going to figure out how to get the parents on board with us. And all I want you to do is take out a piece of paper and write down maybe one or two things that you want to try. You've got a chat room there. Is something you like or you say, hey, we're already doing this. Try this. Or here's the program we have on this. Or here's a great piece of children's literature. We get a network. Because this is lonely. And the more we get on board together and reinforce the same things, the greater we're going to make a difference on our kids' lives. So with that, here we go. These are boosting resilience. All of these are 21st century skills. They optimize performance. They're universal. I can go anywhere in the world. And these are still needed teachable skills. They improve mental health and they are not fixed, but teachable. And step one is, voila, you know this one because you've read empathy. And I still think 
That thing called unselfies and empathy is a critical one for pandemics. Why? In a couple of days, you're going to see a brand new report coming out from Harvard that's going to shake us all up, that this pandemic is really hitting our kids because of the isolation, and it's making them lonelier and lonelier. When kids get lonelier and lonelier, uh, something comes, and it also will happen to you. So hang in there a minute, because we're doing the same thing. As our relationships and connection go down, what goes up is our stress level. Voila. But as that keeps going up because you've got to dial your empathy down to keep your stress in bag, burnout is the outcome. That's going on across the board. Empathy is teachable. We can cultivate it. More ideas are in on selfie, but I chose it as strength number two because it gives kids a sense of heart and it is critical. Now, the first thing is, this is my Mrs. Fredrickson. She was my first grade teacher, and I still get heartthrobs when I see this woman because it wasn't what she looked like in her bulletin boards that were turning us all on to life. I grew up in Silicon Valley. It's now Google 101. And I know you're not looking for her. You're trying to figure out where I am. I'm in the middle, the third from the, the right over there. I've got the bangs going through. My mom would put a plate on my head. But Mrs. Fredrickson did the coolest thing. She had rituals. And she reached out, she felt for us, but the rituals were ones we remembered forever. I think the most important thing to keep in mind on this pandemic thing is do one or two little things and keep doing them over and over again. Keep doing them over and over again so that by the time the kid is done, the rest of their lives, they're going to remember, God, remember what Mrs. Fredrickson used to do? Or remember what you used to do? Certainty reduces stress. Connection with another person increases empathy. I know some of you are doing this social distancing. She'd stand at the door every day, or you'd stand at the beginning of the Zoom every day. And she'd start with just a simple little, hi, how are you? That was an H and H, a hi or a hello. And the second thing is she'd take a moment to compliment us, but she always complimented us from inside out qualities. Parents who give the kids the, the, you know, the scratch and sniff stickers and their trophy for breathing doesn't do a thing for empathy. It actually reduces it. Parents who actually emphasize the kids' character strengths increase the empathy. Thanks for being kind, Michelle, today because. Or that was really me being respectful, Beverly, yesterday because. The second thing, little thing that she did is anytime somebody did something wrong in the classroom, she'd always ask, was that helpful or hurtful? Was that helpful or hurtful? Another H and H. She asked it so many times. By the way, that's Lawrence Kohlberg's cognitive behavior therapy approach to turning moral disregards to moral behaviors. Ask, was that helpful or hurtful? If it was hurtful, then what are you going to do to make it helpful? She asked it so many times that by the end of two weeks, every kid was turning to the other kid. Was that helpful or hurtful? Takeaway number one, kids remember rituals. What's the one thing you want to do at the beginning of every Zoom meeting? Or the one little thing you want to do when the kids walk into the classroom? Or the one little thing you want to remember to do throughout the day? It creates certainty. And if you do it the right way, it's also going to boost empathy. Keep on going. You've got rituals and what you're doing is phenomenal. But every kid I interviewed said the stuff you're doing to let me know that you miss me is absolutely profound. The kindergarten teacher going door to door, touching the windows of each child. The parents were absolutely in 
just crying their eyes out going, she really cares. I love what they're doing in, in, this is Texas, Texas and Friday night lights. They realize the kids can't play football. So every single Friday night, they turn all the stadium lights on. They're now doing it every single night. The stadium lights turning on means I can't be with you, but we're thinking about you. What are you doing? Just to let the kids know, I care about you. We miss you. Teens told me that one of the most powerful things were your handwritten notes or your just your Google Doc ideas or your email exchange. What are you doing? Because you've got kids that you don't realize are really suffering. What we do know right now is that because we can't get into our children's shoes and some of you can't see the child and what's going on in their home, or even if they're in your classroom, they're not telling you what's going on in their home. Behavior is the outcome. If you could only get a little bit deeper in and understand, empathy starts from us empathizing with the child. What are you going to do to let them know you are concerned and you care? One thing that you may want to do as a staff, and I I want to urge you to do this, is that when we continue to do Zoom, and I know some of you aren't and some of you are, but even if you're not, I would really encourage you to do a Google Doc as a staff. Nobody but your staff sees them. You list all of your students, and what you want to do with that is start listing the positive strengths about each student. I I say that because the first strength that I discovered that was so powerful of a thriver is they had a clear understanding of who I am. Who am I? Not what did I get. Who am I? You need to know those so you can capitalize on them. You can point them out in that glorious moment. Not Maybe not to every single kid, but those kids are struggling. Hey, I hear you're a great soccer player. Or how did that turn out? How did it go with the music recital that you did? When they hear that you are interested and know about them, it's powerful. So maybe start writing down your kids who are struggling. Or maybe list all your kids and then start listing a positive strength by each kid. If there's a kid that you can't think of a positive strength, that's the kid you better tune into because that's the kid who's struggling. Other ideas, pass it on packs. I love this idea. This was a high school biology teacher. I saw the same thing at elementary age that was Murray Elementary in Salt Lake City. I'll never forget it. One teacher showed me a series of each teacher elementary has a pack like this. The pack is nothing more than one card per child. At the top of it is all the important stuff. But what you then do is every time you keep these right by your roll book, every time you find out a positive strength about the child, you put it on the card. Now, this will take you all year long to figure this stuff out, right? What they do at Murray Elementary is at the end of the year, they pass the cards on, they duplicate it. Next year's teacher, she's got the list of the grades. She's got the list of all the stuff that the kid's not doing well. But here's all the list of their multiple intelligence, what they are doing well, it's passed on and it's powerful. I'll show you other variations to this. My goal is to flood you with not starting with teaching the kid empathy, with us getting into the shoes of the kid because they're struggling and they're hurting and depression and stress are going up. Reach out to the parents. I know you have, but one of the most powerful things that we can all do right now is let parents know we are concerned. There's a CDC household pulse survey that's free. Many schools are using this to just ask the parents, and it can be anonymously, what are things that we need to know to help you? What are you struggling with? And again, the anonymous could be powerful. If you've got a list of at least 
three things that financial strife, or I'm worried about my kid, um, that he's just struggling so, or I'm so concerned about my husband. I don't know what it is, but it could be anything and everything. The first thing is once you know that your kids are struggling, it's going to go up a notch. The second thing, I love this, what one school is doing. It's a personal email that's going out to each parent. It's going to take a while, but it's golden. And many often, the actual body of it can be replicated per one. And it's nothing more than, hi, how are you? I just wanted you to know that I'm thinking about you. I'm concerned about your child. I know you're. everybody's going through a tough time now. Is there one thing you'd like me to know about your child that would help me to teach them better? Take a moment. Stop. How are you empathizing with your children? How are you finding out something that you don't know about them? How are you passing that on to one another so we can help those kids and not overlook some children? Just because their lawns are mowed really well doesn't mean that they're not struggling inside that house. We don't know those things. Let's figure it out. That's the first step. You may want to add one thing in a chat room, or you may at the end of this get together and go, what are we going to do to help our kids? How are we going to step into their shoes? Now, what they're doing Other ideas that I want to pass on, they can be middle school, but I think they're powerful for fourth grade on up, is you can do a personal email to each child, or you can do another month, nothing more than my one thing. My one thing is just ask each child, what's the one thing you wish I knew about you? Or the one thing that is your most struggling part right now, what is it? Focus groups. I mentioned that before, but they are absolutely mind-boggling. Principles. If you don't do focus groups, add it to the plate. At least once a week, get a cadre of different kids so that everybody has a chance to share. Zoom it if you need to. But your Zooming is nothing more than tell me what's going on in your life. How can we make those Zoom calls better? What do our kids need in the in the classroom? How many of them are scared? What are your friends saying? If you turn it to what are your friends saying? Oh my gosh, does that help them more? The whole goal on all of this is to start building empathy and that first piece of self-confidence by stepping into their shoes. Those are a few ideas. Writer's prompts could be another idea. And that is once a week, it can be nothing more than a one-minute prompt on a whiteboard, in a chat room, in a journal, on a post-it, whatever your thought, your whatever works for you. But prompts can be what helps me best learn with Zoom if you're doing Zoom. What's the best or the worst thing, my rose and my thorn that happened to me this week or this month or during COVID? One school is doing time capsules. It's just a long piece of butcher paper that's going to be rolled up into a toilet paper tube and they're all going to be buried. But first, every classroom does it and every kid adds to it. What's the one thing I'll never forget that happened during COVID? It'll be mind-boggling for you to take a moment to read some of those entries. Then you can say, let's bury them. And when we all graduate from school in fifth grade, let's unbury them and review them. What you're trying to do is get cues of what's going on for the kids. There's lots of ideas. Put in a chat room. What's one more idea that's a one-minute writer prompt? Whiteboards I love. I used to do chalkboards, but man, they got messy. Some kids like me who had allergies, but it's a whiteboard per child and it could be on a Zoom as well. Write it, then erase it, but hold it. And it nothing more than a one minute prompt. Draw it, obviously, if you're kindergarten or first grade. Virtual connections, we're finding over and over again that you connecting with the kids virtually. Um, What some teachers are doing, particularly fifth grade, if your kid's 
have some kind of a phone or a text, which I'm sure they do. Uh, certain networks like, uh, I can't remember which one, like Sprint is setting it up so that you can get a different account, very reasonable, but it's only for you to have your kids text to you, not personal stuff, but text. Personal Twitter accounts, that's just our classroom Twitter account, nobody else is allowed in, can be a fabulous way to help your upper grade kids connect with one another. Do post for your teachers, uh, their students, as well as your parents. Dr. Borba is absolutely inspiring. She gives us real concrete things we can do with our kids today to help them learn skills that will really make a difference for your child. I hosted a virtual book club a few months ago, and I'm planning on another one soon in a couple months. You won't want to miss this. We learned so much together. And from Dr. Borba, as we read and discussed her new book, Thrivers, I'd love for you to join us. So stay tuned for more details.